Hey guys, Pastor Chanel here, and I want to thank you for tuning into the Wednesdays Are for Women podcast. I pray that you are blessed as we discuss Fear is Alive. the season that you are getting ready to walk into, it is getting ready to be your greatest season yet because you're getting ready to realize what you are, just how strong you are and what you are capable of carrying. Let me tell you something, everything that God is handing you in this season, you will be able not only to handle it, but you're going to be able to maintain it. Come on. It's not something that you're just going to have for a little while, but it is something that God is given to you. And from this, many things are going to blossom from it. Many things are going to grow from this place. The Bible says that he will give you fruit that remains. And so I'm excited. This is an exciting season that we are walking into. Can you believe that we are only a few weeks away? I want to say maybe like about six weeks away. I might even have that wrong from walking into the new year. 2023 is already upon us you guys. And so, you know, this is another year where we have the opportunity and the chance to go after our dreams. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and go after the thing that God promised you that he can have. I was reading this morning and in my study time, God reminded me of the scripture in Isaiah 55 that says, as the snow cometh down from heaven, as the snow and the rain cometh down from heaven and returneth not thither, but it watereth the earth to make sure that it brings forth in buds, that it may give seed to the sower. The Bible says, so shall my word be that will go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it, it will prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Let me tell you something. This is the moment for God's word that he has spoken over your life to thrive. This is the moment for it to come forth. This is the moment for it to be made manifest. But you have to understand something that when it comes to seeing God's word come to pass over your life, there are going to be things that he's going to require you to do. And, you know, we live in a time, we live in a day and age where the church, you know, we just want to pray and then that's it. No, after you pray, you have to posture yourself. Come on. There's a reason why uh, the name of this uh, Facebook page is at his feet. You have to posture yourself at his feet. You have to posture yourself in order to be able to hear his heart. See what God wants for your life. Because if he does not want it for your life, then why are you going after it? Why are you wasting your time? Why are you wasting your time and pouring out your energy on something that God does not want for you? Go after what God wants for you when it comes to relationships, when it comes to business deals. Come on, some of you, the reason why the business deal keeps falling through is because the person that you are partnering with is a thief. And you think that the enemy is coming up against you. You think that the enemy is stopping this connection. No, it 
is the Lord because God sees that this person is going to be skimming off the top of the money that you sold for and the money that you worked for, the money that you budgeted for. No, God is stopping it. And so we have to learn how to remain at the feet of Jesus so that we can understand where he is going and so that we can remain close to his heart. Come on, somebody said, why close to his heart? Because at the end of the day, we want his heart, we want our heart to be like his heart. We want our heart to beat like his heart. And, and whatever God's heart is beating for, that's the thing that our heart should be beating for. That's the thing that our we should be desiring what God desires. We should be longing for what God is longing for. And I'm telling you right now, God is longing to see the word of the Lord come to pass over your life. Come on, stop blaming the devil and say, oh, the devil, he's just stopping my destiny. No, we give the enemy too much credit. He don't have that much power over your destiny. The Bible says that before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and I ordained you. I predestined you to be a prophet. The enemy ain't got that much power over the word of God spoken over your life unless the Lord gives it to him. When it came to Job, the Bible says that the sons of God and the enemy was before the throne. And the Bible says that God called the enemy over to him. And he said, okay, what you doing here? I'm paraphrasing. And the enemy said, look, I'm, I've been, I've been, I've been walking to and fro in the earth. I'm trying to see which one of your people can I touch? Which one of your people can I, can I tempt? And the Bible says, have you considered my servant, Job? That's one scenario. That's one scenario, but I want you to understand something. The only reason why the enemy had that type of authority in Job's life is because God gave it to him. The enemy cannot come up in your life and stop your destiny. The only person that now he can try to delay it. He can try to hinder it. He will try to send stumbling blocks. He will try to send lies to try to stop you from walking in it. He'll try to do some things. That's why the Bible says no. No weapon formed against you will prosper and every tongue that rises up against you, thou shalt condemn. Come on. What that scripture is saying is the weapon won't prosper, but the weapon will try to form. Come on now, somebody, the weapon will try. He will make attempts to try to steal what you are carrying. But as long as you remain at the feet of Jesus, as long as your ear is close to his heart, you will know what what God is speaking. Let me tell you something. I wasn't going to go here this morning, this afternoon, but I'll go here. It is imperative down through here that you learn the voice of the Lord for yourself. Come on. It is imperative down here that you know his voice for yourself. Why? Because we are literally living in a time where there is so much deception and the enemy is deceiving so many. And here's the catch. It's only going to get worse. There is only going to be, there is only going to come or there is going to come more deception in the earth. Right down through here, we as the church, we need to know his voice. 
I'm not talking about knowing the prophet's voice. I'm going to the prophet. I'm going to the next. Pro Let me tell you something. I will, if God tells me to go, I will attend every prophetic conference that God tells me to be in because those type of atmospheres, that's not something that those type of atmospheres is not something to take for granted. When you are before a true prophet, come on, they're going to tell you what God is saying concerning your life and concerning your destiny. And so I'm not against prophets, but let me tell you something. I am against individuals that do not know the voice of the Lord, but yet they depend on someone else to speak God's word into their life. You don't know if this person is telling you a lie or if this person is telling you the truth. How will you know that it's from the Lord? Because it will confirm what God has already spoken to you. Now, there are times when God will use his prophet to speak something into your life and cause something to come open. That there are times where God will use the prophet to speak something to you that you might not have even been aware of. How do we know this? Because the Bible says that when Elijah came to the woman at Zarephath, the widow woman at Zarephath, uh, when he, he said to her, he said, look, God sent me here to you. Uh, God sent me here to you because, and I'm paraphrasing, because there's something that he wants to do for you. And the Bible says that this woman, she said, look, I didn't even know that you were coming. Let me tell you what I was planning on doing. I was planning on taking this last meal and cooking it for me and my son and then dying because I don't know if you realize this or not, prophet, but we're in the middle of a famine. So I don't know why God would send you to me when I only have a little bit of meal and a little bit of oil left. But the Bible says that when she obeyed the word that she did not even know about, when she obeyed the word, the Bible says that God prospered her in such a way that she, along with her household, was able to eat many days. The Bible says her barrel of meal wasted not and her cruise of oil, it did not fail. Why? Because she believed the word of the Lord coming out of the prophet's mouth. The Bible says that if you believe God, so shall you be established. But when you believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. And so, yes, God will use prophet, God will use prophetic people or people that walk in prophetic prophetic or people that have a prophetic mantle, he will use them not only to confirm the word that you have already heard in your prayer time, but he will also use them to open up new places for you that you, you would not have had an opportunity to walk in unless they would have spoke it. Come on. That's the reason why when you hear a prophetic word, you hold on to that thing. You don't just look at them and smile and say, oh, that's real cute. Look at what God's going to do and go on with your life. No, you have somebody around you that when you go to prophetic places, when you're before prophetic people, you get, you have some scribes with you. What is a scribe? A scribe is somebody that writes down what the word of the Lord is and you mull over that thing. Let me tell you something. There are some words that God spoke to me years ago and I'm not exaggerating. I'm talking about uh, almost 20 years ago, words that God spoke to me that I have not yet seen come to pass, but you better know that I have it written down in a 20 year old journal and every now and again, when I have to remind myself of my 
my encounters, when I have to remind myself of the word of the Lord, I go back and I, I go back and I glance at those words that God spoke. I go back and I glance over those dreams that God showed me in the night. Come on, there are times that God will speak to you in the night. He will wait till you are asleep. He will wait till your soul has been quiet and you're not thinking about the children. You're not thinking about Johnny. You're not thinking about bills. You're not thinking about what do you have, what you have to do this week. God will speak to you in those moments because there is a clear communication. And when you have dreams like that, it is imperative that you write it down. Come on. If you can't, if you can't write fast enough, get a recorder. Come on, be like Macaulay Culkin and get that recorder. They still make them and record uh, and recall the dream in the, in the microphone of the recorder, because there are going to be times in life where you're going to have to remind yourself of what God has spoken to you. There are going to be times in life where you're, Hey, Auntie May is on Aaron Weller is on, uh, uh, Angela Brayman is on. Hey guys, there are going to be times where you're going to have to remind yourself of the word of the Lord. Let me tell you something. When God encounters you, you need to take those moments serious. Whenever God meets, come on, what is an encounter? An encounter is when God meets you where you are and you have an unforgettable moment. Joseph had an encounter with the Lord. Not Joseph, Jacob had an encounter with the Lord. The Bible says that he had told all his family to go up ahead of him and then the Bible says that he was met up with the angel of the Lord and they wrestled there. And we know the story. The Bible says that by the time that they were done wrestling, jo- Jacob left walking differently. He left limping. And the Bible says that his name was completely changed. Come on. That is an encounter. When you have moments like that with the Lord, you need to write it down. You need to remember it because I'm telling you that after that encounter, there will be something that will try to come and shake you to your core and cause you to forget about the word that God has spoken over your life. But at moments like this, you can go back to the moment where God met you, not the moment where God met your mama, not the moment where God met your daddy, not the moment where God met your pastor, but when God met you. This is why it is so imperative that we have our own relationship and our own prayer life with the Lord, because it is in those moments where we are learning his voice, because when you walk outside of that prayer room, when you walk into the real world, things will, things tend to get loud around you. And at these moments, it can be hard for you to differentiate if God is speaking or if man is speaking. But if you have already made it a habit, or if you have already learned the voice of the Lord, when times are loud, when your environment is loud, you will be able to locate where God is. You will know, okay, God is not saying that. God's not saying to do that. He's not telling me to back up. He's not telling me to retreat. He's not telling me to to, to run. He's telling me to remain. He's telling me to stay focused. He's telling me to keep pushing. 
Come on. Here's the word of the Lord for somebody today. God is not telling you to quit. God is not telling you to run. He's not telling you to give up. God is telling you to stay right there because you're on the you're on the verge of something big. You're on the edge of walking into one of the greatest moments that you have ever experienced before and the enemy sees it. He might not be able to detect what your purpose is and what your destiny is, but he detects your power. He detects the anointing that is upon your life. And because of that, he looks at you as a threat. And so what does the enemy do when he sees you as a threat? He will begin to start throwing lies at you. He will begin to start throwing back at you moments where you walk through traumatizing, where you walk through traumatizing experiences. He will use all of these things. He takes truth and he wraps an entire lie around it. He will use all of these things to try to distract you and to try to pull you away from the thing that you have been apprehended to, that you've been apprehended for. But in those moments, you need to detect where God is. What is God saying? God, where are your feet at this moment? I can hear the pitter patter of Jesus walking. I can hear the pitter patter of your heart. That's the place where I want to be. You have to learn how to make his presence a habitation. It's not a place that you show up to on Sunday mornings. That ain't the habitation of the Lord. That is a place that you show up to with the corporate body. Can God, can God do an, a, a great work in the corporate body? Absolutely he can. But let me tell you something. His the, the 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 Sunday morning worship is not the place. It's not the place uh uh it's not the place that will that will um exclude the presence of God. The, the corporate worship is not, you know, it's not the place that you say, uh, that you use to say, oh, well, you know, I've been in his presence this week. No, you've been worshiping corporately this week, which is good because the Bible says that we ought not to, we ought not to neglect coming together into fellowship. And I'm paraphrasing. But it is not it is not the place where God trains you to be able to know his voice for yourself. It is not the place where God shows you what your future is going to look like. It is not the place where God fills you with revelation. You might learn something from the preacher preaching, but the Bible says that when the kingdom of God has been preached, the evil one will always try to show up and steal the word. And so how do we keep him from stealing the word? We keep him from stealing the word by going back and studying what we've learned and studying it over and over again. We're putting scripture all around our house. We're putting scripture on our phone. We're changing We're changing our, our screensaver and we're putting the word of the Lord on our screensaver. Why? So that everywhere that we look, we're reminding ourselves of what God has said. And when hell shows up and when storms show up, we don't get distracted. We don't look at them. We go back to the word. We keep it before us so that the evil one is not able to steal the seed. And so today I want to talk to us very briefly today about, can you guys hear me? Let me know 
if you can hear me, because it looks like I've paused on my phone and I don't want to go any further unless I know that y'all can hear me. So let me know. Hallelujah. The devil is a liar. We must be, we must be in pocket because Lord have mercy. Okay. Okay. I see. Thank you so much. My phone just paused. My phone is just straight tripping. I'm on my phone like this. I'm like, oh my God, I know I ain't been talking all that time and I'm only talking to myself, but hallelujah. And so today we're going to be dealing with fear because how many of you understand that fear is a lie? And one of the enemy's tactics is to try to use something traumatizing that you experienced. The enemy will try to throw that in your face to keep you from moving forward, to keep you locked in a familiar place and never going into the places that God has called for you to move into. Let me tell you something. One of the most dangerous things that you you can experience is uh, that you can experience is a lie from the enemy that keeps you stagnant. That is a very dangerous place to be. And so what do you do in those moments? Well, in those moments, I'm not going to tell you that when you are getting ready to move forward and the thing that God has told you to do, I'm not going to sit up here and lie to you and say that you won't feel fear. Let me tell you something, baby, you going to feel the fear. You are going to feel the anxiety. You are going to remember, you are going to remember past times when things did not work out the way that you thought that they would work. I remember I had put on this conference some years ago and in my mind, I was thinking that people would come out and that they would support it. And I was like, oh, father, you know, I just thank you that this thing is going to work out. And when we got there, I remember that it was only a few people and I'm talking about like three people. And I was like, God, what in the world do you want me to do with this? I did the radio interview. I did the, the newspaper announcement. I did the radio announcement. How am I supposed to, how am I supposed to trust you with this God? Because this is not what I've seen, but you have to understand how vision works. God will show you the end result. He will show you where your vision's going, but he will start you at the beginning stages. He will start you at a place where your vision is. And normally when you are at the beginning stages of vision, you have to understand that not everybody is going to see what you're trying to do. Not everybody's going to support what you're trying to do. But this is why the Bible says that we are to never despise the day of small beginnings. So I went up in there and let me tell you what I did. I preached like I was preaching to thousands. Come on. Some of you need to get your eyesight back, your focus back, and you need to do this thing for the people that you have not met yet. Come on, you need to push and do this thing for the people that you have not even spoken to. You have not made contact with them yet. You have not been to the place where they are. You need to preach from that place. You need to do business from that place. Come on, you need to make business deals from that type of mindset because that's what it is. It is a mindset. And if you start off already convincing yourself that you can't do it with 
with three people, then baby, guess what? You ain't going to make it because the Bible says that he will reward them that are faithful over a few. And so I had to get used to that. I had to get used to only doing it for a few people. And I had to fall in love with only doing it for a few people because you understand where you are going. And so one of the tactics of the enemy is that he will try to throw fear or he will try to throw lies or trauma at you to get you or to stop you from moving forward. This is what David experienced. David had all of these victories. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. David had all of these victories, y'all. Experienced all of these wins. He defeated Goliath. He was about to defeat Goliath's brothers, but they backed off because they was like, oh my God, our champion is dead. Let, let's run. Let's be quiet. And he kept on defeating Philistines. And then Saul rises up. The one that was supposed to be for him, the one that was supposed to be encouraging him and pushing him. This one rises up and tries to kill him. And the Bible says that David did not lay a finger on Saul, but by the Bible says that Saul ended up killing himself. Now, I know that we have read that story so many times to the point where we we've kind of even we've kind of even forgotten that this story is real and that it can be scary. It can be traumatizing. Can you imagine that you are playing a musical instrument for your leader, the one that you trust, the one that's supposed to be encouraging you and pushing you to do greater. And all of a sudden, while you are playing a musical instrument for them, for their deliverance, come on, the Bible says that Saul was the one that called on David because Saul was going through it mentally. And he called on David. He said, said, look, I need for you to play the leery because you are a cunning musician, meaning you are skilled. You are good. He was anointed in what he did. He was a skilled worshiper. And the Bible says that after he finished playing it, the Bible says that he had to escape a javelin being thrown at him. Do you understand how traumatizing that is? I'm with you. I'm encouraging you. I'm praying for you. I'm, 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 I'm fasting for you. And I'm trying to avoid you at the same time because you're trying to kill me. Well, the Bible says that Saul, he ended up falling on his own sword one day and the word got back to David. So now David comes into power. David comes into power. Hey guys, I'm so happy that you were able to join me for part one of Fear is a Lie. Remember, we're right back on here every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and 12 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time. See you soon. Bye.